Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. We're back, baby. It's Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider, the Mightier ESPN 1090 Radio. We left off with our division winners. Our division winners, I'll recap. Uh, Nick, you and I both said the Jets. You and I both said the Jags. You and I both said the Ravens. I want Chiefs. You want Chargers. We are on our ESPN, the Mightier 1090 radio station. We got to give our San, I guess our San Diego fans, I think maybe they've migrated back a little bit to the Chargers. So let's give the Chargers some love, and then we'll go to the NFC West, starting with the Rams. Uh, I, I really think this is a a year where the chargers could strike. This could be a Super Bowl hangover year. The chiefs have been to the AFC championship. I think every year since Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes has been the starter. They've been to the Super Bowl three of the last four years, uh, winning two of them. And then Travis Kelsey, obviously starting off his ACL seems to be intact. And MCL seems to be intact, but there is swelling in the knee. He hyperextended it. He gets he probably out on the short week one against Detroit, which is sad and terrible for football. And he could be out for a bit longer. I think Chris Jones also out for the Kansas City Chiefs, their best defensive player. Chargers coming into the year healthy. I think this year of all years, I know you didn't get it with the Padres. I know they were disappointing, but I think this is the year where the Chargers can really make their run. It has to be. Padres season isn't over yet. (laughs) Oh, come on, dude. It's done. Look, a lot lot of teams are playing bad baseball, and you just need a really big streak. I mean – got the Dodgers and the Astros really two tough series but after that you got Oakland you got Colorado you got San Francisco I mean these are all all winnable you know sweepable series so I guess we'll have to see but back to football uh with the Chargers I mean I think it's just stacking up you know as as one of the best opportunities that they've had in a long time with all the guys you know on the roster finally healthy you know knock on wood Austin Eckler in the last year of his contract, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, you know, this will probably be the last year they can retain all three of these guys together with the massive pay increase that a lot of these wide receivers have, you know, Herbert on a, on, on a new deal, the defense fully healthy with pro bowlers and all pros left and right. Um, you know, it started off on the bad, on, on the wrong foot last year when JC Jackson got hurt right off the bat. And mm-hmm. so having him, that's an underrated addition back to your defense that was already, you know, good on the pass rush. So, it's a very, you know, win- not winnable. I mean, it's it's just one of those times where, you know, if, if you're going to be the team that you that you envision to construct this entire process when you have Herbert, when you have all these guys, like this is the time to strike. So, mm-hmm. um, but let's move over to the NFC. So, as you mentioned, the NFC West, um, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the Seahawks winning this division, the Niners coming in second, the Rams coming in third, and then the Cardinals not winning a game. Deadlines. I think this is the, I think this is the most we've ever agreed on every and on anything. And then that Chargers point, I think it was was it you or Nick Harvick? One of y'all said that North Turner used to say, "Just go four and two in your division." And I think that kind of bodes well for everybody. Hell, go four. North, North Turner didn't tell me that. That he probably told Nick Hardwick that. I don't know if it was a quote that you relayed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him just saying that in the locker room to Nick Hardwick. And I think that kind of bodes well for everybody. If you're the New York Jets, um I, I said it earlier uh to someone today, you gotta go four and two in the AFC East. If you want to win your division, four and two should be the benchmark. 
Anything sure. better, five and one, six and zero, oh, all that's phenomenal. But if you want to win your division, you have to at least go four and two. Well, uh, and luckily think, for the NFC, luckily for the NFC West, all you know for the three top th- teams have two easy wins against the Cardinals. So, I think the and I think the Water Falcons are going to do it. I wish I was disagreeing with you for the sake of the T-shirt jersey. It's going to come down to the bad teams. It looks like, but I really think my other House of Cards teams and probably my biggest House of Cards teams, the 49ers. But could Brock Purdy be great? Sure. But you really want me to run into the season trusting this guy, A, who was Mr. Irrelevant last year, and B, is coming off a major elbow injury? I mean, if you listen to our Texas show at all, uh, Horns Up Talking Texas with Dequan Cosby, you'll know that we're all not – we weren't fans of Purdy in college. We thought he was, you know, slouched and and honestly was overhyped and didn't really have much of a – a grasp on, on his job, but look, he got lucky and got an opportunity and I'll commend him. He balled out and he turned a fan in, into us. But at the end of the day, like you're right, you know, is it just luck? Is it just first year luck or, you know, is this a sustainable career for him? And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not confident going into this season that he's going to light the world on fire. I think week one at Pittsburgh where they're home dogs where the Steelers are home dogs I think they're walking into a hornet's nest. I really think they are not in a great position right there in week one. And I think Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, Pickens, Deontay Johnson is going to punch him in the mouth. I think that defense is going to be strong in Pittsburgh. And I think their offense is going to take a massive step up. Be better than it has been in years. True. Latter half of big, like the last couple of years of Big Ben's career was not efficient. They didn't run the ball that well. And he wasn't an efficient quarterback. P- he was like PFF last, I think, his last year. So I think yeah. Pickett takes that next jump. Um, all right. Let's go to the NFC East, a dogfight of a division. Tosses Dallas Cowboys are there. The defending NFC champions, the Eagles, are there. How do you have things falling out? I'm going to put the Eagles on top. Um, honestly, I have them as my favorite to win the Super Bowl. You know, I think they're going to get back. This team did not change very much at all. If anything, they got better, you know, addressing a lot of needs in the draft. And, you know, they shook up their running back room, but it's not something that, you know, was the backbone of their offense last year. Um, you know, I think it's guys who actually fit their scheme even better. Um, you know, Miles Sanders addition or, or subtraction, you know, isn't the biggest loss. I mean, I think Rashad Penny and Swift are both great backs that complement each other pretty well. Um, I have the Cowboys finishing second, the Giants third, and then the Commanders last. However, this is another division where I think is, is it could be a division where every team finishes with a winning record, even the Commanders. Um, mm. I think, you know, they're, they're being slept on. Um, Sam Howell's really going to come down to how well he plays, but. You know, I think this is one of those divisions where, you know, we could see anyone come out on top. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought they had a really excellent draft. They could have gotten the best player in the entire draft in Jalen Carter. They pair him with Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. They have him, Keely Ringo, Nolan Smith, all these Georgia guys. Derek Barnett was hurt last year. He'll be back. Uh, it's a similar situation like you were talking about with JC Jackson over there in Philly. Yep. It, they're in a really great spot, but I'm doing it. I'm going with the Cowboys, baby. I think the addition of Brandon Cooks, a healthy Cowboys offensive line, Tony Pollard, I think he's going to be a really strong running back from Michael Gallup is fully back. 
I think this Cowboys offense is going to fly like a lot of the other offenses I was talking about. And I think their defense is super strong. I think Micah Parsons is my defensive player of the year pick. I think he gets over that hump. Um, I think the Dallas Cowboys inch out the Philadelphia Eagles, who I have in second. I'll go with the G-men in third. I think the Waller addition is going to be big for Danny Dimes. Look out for Paris Campbell. I think he could be nice there. And a lot of people were ragging on Jalen Hyatt because he was just more of a deep threat guy, and he fell to the third round. Well, we know a guy named Deshaun Jackson, and if he could be anything like that, he's got that speed, then he's going to have a pretty fine career. I think a lot of players would take 50 catches for 950 yards every season. I think Jalen Hyatt has that type of potential, and he'll at least stretch the fields, which will open up the middle of the field for Waller, the checkdowns for Saquon, and, and, and the short passes for guys like Paris Campbell and Hodgins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I'm with you on the commanders, man. I think the commanders have a, a real good defense. At least their defense is strong. The defensive line yeah. is unbelievably strong. It's going to put a lot of pressure on teams. We'll see if Chase Young even ends up with the team by the end of the season, too. I mean, a guy who's been on trade watch now since last season. Mm-hmm. Last two divisions. Your girlfriend, Britt, her division, the NFC South. She owns Saint. it. She owns it. She bought it. Low price. She's probably going to flip it soon. Uh, we'll see that on Property Brothers. Saints, her team. The Bucks, who you mentioned in the first segment, is probably being Doogie Hauser, taking a ginormous step back from where they were with TB12. The Thurs, who had the first pick via trade, taking Bryce Young, and not the Water Falcons, just the regular Falcons. The Falcons, yeah. What kind of worth <laughs> would I be if I did not have the Saints winning the division? I'd be a bad boyfriend, and I'm a good boyfriend. So I do think the Saints are going to win the division here. Um, they had a great defense last year, veteran defense. And I still think that, you know, that defense is, is pretty, you know, well-run it's intact. And really the big thing they're missing was a consistent QB, you know, no slide mm-hmm. on Andy Dalton, but like, I, I think Derek Carr is a pretty big upgrade for him. Um, you know, obviously it hurts to have Kamara starting the season suspended, but look, it's three games and Jamal Williams, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show is a very more than serviceable enough back to take his place, touchdown machine, and look, another thing that people aren't talking about is another year of rest and recovery physically and mentally for Michael Thomas. So maybe he gets his head straight and he gets his body straight and finally, you know, gets on the field like we all want to see him do. Because, you know, when he's on the field, he's a top tier wide receiver and a lot of it's going to take a big step up. So Saints finishing first. I have the Falcons finishing second. Um, I think they'd also take a, a massive step up. Bijan's our guy. He's going to really help them out in the run game. And, you know, Ritter hopefully finds a good connection with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I've got the Panthers finishing third, and I've got the Buccaneers finishing in last place. Very interesting. Okay. I'm going to go with the Saints. They also get Trevor Penning back, their left tackle, who was out for last year. Very yeah, exciting. I'm, I'm with you on the, the whole receiver core with Derek Carr thing. I think Juwan Johnson could be nice in their defense. I'm going to go Saints one. The division is so easy. The Saints are going to have a sneaky shot somewhere how the Titans had a shot and did ultimately win the AFC in the regular season a couple years back and were the one seed. The Saints have a, sh- a sneaky shot at the one seed. Try saying that five times fast. I'm going to go with the Falcons. The shout out to their families. I'm going to go with them second. I'm going to go with the Bucks third. I think Baker actually has his best year he's had in a couple years, and the Bucks aren't terrible. Uh, I'm going to go with the Thurs. I think their offense is really going to struggle. Their defense is going to be solid, but I think their offense is really going to struggle. I'm going to go with the Thurs fourth, and then we'll make our way over to the NFC North. Is that my cue? I'm going, baby. I was I was getting a buildup going. Detroit Rock City, number one. 
This is yep. it. Goff, Campbell, Sun God. I'm going all I'm going all in on the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna go. It's this is where it gets tough. I'm gonna go Vikings two. I'm gonna go Packers three. I'm gonna go Shy City by a hair at the four spot. I still they're not in a position to go first to worst. I think they're better than they were, but I don't think they're gonna go from worst pick in the draft playoffs. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm gonna go Detroit number one as well. We're fans here. Is you know that's I think that's I think that's the Cherry Stripes uh, team as a whole. I think all three of us are are big fans of the Lions, and we want them to do do big things. Um, I'm gonna have the Packers at two because you know besides Aaron Rodgers, it's still a good team, good defense, mm-hmm. great run game. You know, I still think that you know their their young receivers can have some productivity. And look, I mean, I don't, I, I think no news is good news when we're hearing about Jordan Love, right? Like. You don't want to hear any stories out of camp. So I think he, I think he's probably doing what he needs to do to, you know, put himself in a good position. Then I'll put the Vikings at three and then the Bears at four. However, I do think the Bears win six, maybe seven games this season. I think they could be. I think the bottom, some of the bottom teams we discussed, the Browns, the Commanders, the Bears, could all be pretty solid and competitive this year and be in a lot of games. Uh, no news is good news. Any press is good press. Uh, it really depends on how you want to slice that phrase and, and the way you want to say it. But no news being good news. I like that take on Jordan Love. Speaking of takes, let's help people take their money to the bank. Big games this week. I sent you four, Nick. You know, do you want to start with us or you want to finish with us? I'll give you the choice. Uh, the horns. Well, let's yeah. start with this. I mean, okay. You want you want to start the lay season? Out. I'll so, lay it out. I'll lay it out for you guys. The number 11 Texas Longhorns head to Tuscaloosa. The number three Alabama Crimson Tide save that money. Nikki Snacks Crider. The Alabama Crimson Tide are seven and a half point favorites. The Texas Longhorns are plus 230 money line. The over under is 64 and a half. 60% of the public is betting with Bama. Hmm. That's your info. I have you. I like to bet against the public because usually when. The public is high on a team. Vegas, you know, ends up winning and Vegas usually always wins. So I don't like that. It's only 60%, but I do think that other 40% is just because Texas is Texas and people always, you know, will support them no matter how good, how bad they are. There's always overreactions, but I think it's for real this year. You know, I think that we should have won the game last year and these players probably take it really personally that, you know, they came into our home last year and beat us by one point on questionable calls and on a couple of blown plays. I think they flipped the script this year and they beat Bama by 10 points. Mm, So you're just going straight up Texas money line. Yep. I like the spread. Bama has been single digit spreads. I think in the last 10 years, this is the third time they've been a single digit spread at home. So pretty low for the Crimson Tide. Longhorns coming in, massive hype. Vegas is begging people to take Alabama. That means we are going against the public. We are riding with our Texas Longhorns. 64 and a half, the over under. It's a lot of points. I think Vegas, again, is begging you to take the under. The game was 20 to 19 last year. Uh, if anything, if you're going to ride that bet, I think it could be a shootout bet against Vegas. I like the over in that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I mean, these are both two good offenses, but I like our Texas defense. I don't know if I'm. I like it a lot too. I think I, I'm probably staying away from the over under 
just to throw it out there though, from like a, a standpoint of like, Hey, what does Las Vegas want you to do? Right. Okay. Look at that number. Super high. What was the score last year? Super low. I'm going to go under here. So sure. I, I, I think that's their bet right there, but Texas money line, super fun at plus two thirty, and obviously Texas spread. Okay. Ole Miss number 20 team in the nation against the two lane green wave. Number 24 team in the nation. We're headed in new Orleans. Ole Miss is a seven point favorite. Two lane is a home dog. The over-under is 66.5. It opened, for your information, Nick, at 59.5. So a seven-point swing. 76% of the public bets are on Ole Miss. Tulane is plus 200 money line. Hmm. That's interesting. It's a really big swing on the over-under. Um, I'm, I'm, I like Tulane at home plus seven. Um, you know, if a lot of people are riding Ole Miss here by a touchdown, you know, going into Tulane um, in Vegas, you know, has 24% of the, of the bets that are, are in favor of Tulane. I like Tulane here. Um, there's a reason why they're ranked. You know, I'm not going to put any, um, you know, besmirchment on a team that is in the top 25, just because they're on a power five conference, as you know, now, you know, conference realignment, it's switching things up. You know, there's certain teams that belong in other conferences. There's teams that, you know, could contend in, in, you know, power fives that are not on there yet. And I think just as a whole, college football has gotten a lot more parity just because of transfer portal and, you know, kids being more talented these days. So I'm riding the wave, no pun intended. Uh, the green wave, I'm with you. I couldn't be with you even harder uh, if I tried. Uh, the green wave beat the USC Trojans last year in a bowl game. In Let's a bowl not game. forget it. And it's not like Caleb Williams sat that game out. He played. They could put up points. And they could put up a plethora of points. Jackson Dart and Ole Miss – uh, Rebels, they put up 73 points last weekend. The 66 and a half over under is so hefty. I'm using the same logic that I use in the Texas Bama game. I'm going over on that, but I feel a lot more confident in that over than I do the Texas over. It's so many points, but I think they're going to score in bunches down in New Orleans. So I, I think it's going to be very exciting over there. Uh, great game to watch uh, if you're looking for a good game. Let's go to the NFL. ESPN Mightier 1090 SoCal. So we'd be remiss if we didn't throw the Chargers, the best team in SoCal, into this one. The Miami Dolphins, the Finns, head to the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. The Chargers are three-point favorites. The over-under is 51.5. It opened at 49.5. 70% of the public bets are on the Miami Dolphins. The Finns are plus 135 money line. What are you thinking, Nikki Snacks? If things are going to change for the Chargers this season, that means that they have to find success early on in the season because year after year, they start off slow and then they get hot and then they try to get in the playoffs and sometimes it's a little too late. If this is the year, then they are going to start off with a bang and they're going to beat the Dolphins. Um, I like the Chargers minus three at home. Love it too. I think a lot of the public obviously is on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, over under, I think is a little peculiar. I'm going to probably stay away from that one, but I really like the Chargers minus three. And the last game, Monday night, the Jets, J E T S, take on the division, defending division champs, the Buffalo Bills. They head to MetLife Stadium. Buffalo is a two and a half point favorite over the Jets. Home dogs, the over under 46.5. The Jets are 118 money line. 70% of the public bets are on the Buffalo Bills. 
Where am I riding? Where is my D, Jack Hobbs, locking in for 20 million rupees? Josh, bet of the week. It failed last week miserably with South Carolina, but that was my bad. I was trusting Spencer Rattler. This week, I'm riding with Rodgers and the Jets. Jets money line at home, the home dogs against the Buffalo Bills, 46.5. People are going to love the over in that point. I'm going under and the Jets money line. I put... I placed my own personal bet on this last week when the line came out. I took Jets' money line. This game is on September 11th in New York. Robert Sala's brother was in the World Trade Center when September 11th happened and made his way down and survived. It means a lot more. I mean, it means a lot to everyone, but but he credits that moment from his brother to chase his dream and become a football coach because life is too short and you have to go after what you love. This is a big game for Salah. It's a big game for the city of New York. Rodgers is going to make his first impression on this division and on the NFL as a New York Jet. I think they're going to win by a lot. Wow. Nikki Snacks pulling at the heartstrings on this one. This is our heart bet of the week. This sometimes happens in sports when something bigger in sports has an effect on the game. Like you could go to there. There was no way the Buffalo Bills were losing their first game back after the DeMar Hamlin uh, injury on the field. So this is one of those moments. I'm with you, Rodgers, in New York on September 11th. You got to ride the J-E-T-S. Great bet right there. We are Fisher, Snacks, Crider, the DJ. Two-thirds of the Charity Stripe. We'll see you guys next time on ESPN, the Mightier 1090. SoCal Radio. Hit your free throws because they're free. Nikki Snacks. Adios, my friend. Enjoy week one. See ya. We will be right back with the charity stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.